0: It's Divya Sharma here from Love Cancer and ZenOnco.io. Hi there. Yes. So we share cancer healing journeys of people who have gone through cancer, maybe as patient, caregiver or survivor. Because it helps other patients and caregivers, it motivates them and inspires them that if they can do, then we can too. So could you please share your cancer healing journey with us? Absolutely.
1: So I'm... Um... Is Devi and um, I live in Bangalore I'm a mother of a uh, nine-year-old girl and I'm a working mom basically so um, I was diagnosed with uh, a silent cancer last year in March um, on my wedding anniversary actually I was actually diagnosed with ovarian tumors um, two uh, lesions which were uh, really big and I had to immediately go in for a surgery and uh, when we did BMI, um, uh, the scans, we found out that they were malignant and uh, immediately I was uh, uh, put under an onco care. So um, what I have is called stage four peritoneal cancer and um, I underwent um, uh, my surgery uh, at Manipal Hospital in Bangalore uh, for about 11 hours on the 21st of March. I was um, my surgeon, uh, onco-surgeon was Dr. K. R. Uh, and his team. And um, yeah, I, uh, my surgery was expensive after which I was in a hospital for about 10 days. And then um, I started my chemotherapy uh, under a uh, medical oncologist by the name of Dr. Amitrazan. Um, I'm ever indebted to my medical practitioners because they've changed my life 360 degree in terms of what I've gone through. So yes, I have, uh, I underwent a small surgery for a chemo port on my my right shoulder and then I started uh, getting IV chemotherapy starting April 22nd. Um, And uh, sometime in October um, when my scan was done, I came out clean. Um, So I was uh, tagged as a cancer survivor and currently I'm on oral chemotherapy. I was on a break from work for six months uh, but uh, i presumed work as of uh, october november of last year and um, i'm i'm doing absolutely fine i'm doing my regular work i'm doing taking care of my home i'm i'm quite normal i know a lot of people are surprised when they hear me because they say i don't sound like a sick person but then um, i do live on oral chemotherapy now and um, i can't thank enough for how well medical science has evolved and we're able to address cancer in the most uh, meticulous, at the same time, in the most uh, common, understandable way for uh, uh, for people because not all of us are very science savvy for us to understand the complications and so on. So in my case, I think a huge kudos goes to Manipal Hospitals and my doctors.
0: Um, I'm I'm actually feeling fantastic now. So may I know how many chemo cycles you took? So
1: I. Underwent 12 IV chemotherapy cycles, um, six constituting, not actually 12, 13. Um, So six constituting as one cycle, six IV sessions constituting as uh, one session. I underwent two and uh, I was supposed to go for the third one, but then I was dropping a lot of weight and I was really weak and the side effects were really hard on me. Um, So we decided, uh, and my reports came out clean, health wise, my stats were doing well. So we just decided to stop IV chemotherapy and go on to oral uh, chemotherapy. So um, yeah, that's 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 how many I underwent IV, and my IVs were uh, pretty strong because usually they give you one or one regime at a time. But since I was young and I they wanted to take the best shot. So there are a couple of things. One is. During my surgery, I underwent something called HIPEC, which is the hyperinfusion chemotherapy, which is directly done in the operation theater, where they administer the chemotherapy liquid in the peritoneal, and they run it for 90 minutes at 41 or 42 degrees, which basically enables oncologists to um, kill the cancer cells, which are uh, beyond the vision uh, for them when they do surgery. Uh, I think a combination of high and the aggressive chemotherapy that I had at Manipal kind of helped me a lot to scale up faster. So I had two different uh, chemo regimes that were given to me uh, during my um, IV uh, chemotherapy per se. So that kind of um, was aggressive at the same time very effective from recovery point of view for me. So
0: what symptoms do you had?
1: Good question. I didn't have any symptoms.
0: Okay. (laughs) In fact, um, I work as a VP
1: in an organization, so I used to travel a lot outside of India. So um, I think um, uh, the only symptoms that I saw, which was in December of 2018 when I was in Melbourne, I called my husband home and I said, you know, my periods are not regular now for the last month because I used to get my menstrual cycle and then it used to stop. And I'm somebody who uses tampons, unlike other women, and a menstrual cup. So I thought probably because I'm not able to understand um, because I'm using a menstrual cup because I used to travel between geographies and I didn't want to use a pad, which was a great inconvenience for me. So I was not able to really understand whether my periods were usually normal or um you know i'm having that uh that uh you know that variation in periods and that was only for like one month in the month of uh, november december that i realized it and also in melbourne i used to walk a lot because i didn't have a car when i was working and living there so but then i was losing weight overall but my stomach alone i felt was i was not losing weight so when I came back to India in Feb, I told my husband that, you know, I'm going to go in and get myself checked. And when I went and checked, that's when we found out on March 13th is when my ultrasound was done. And we found out that um, I had two huge ovarian tumors in both my ovaries and uh, they were in the size of a football is what the doctor said. Um, and actually they could feel it from the top of it. And I didn't even know because in general, like, you know, people like me, we don't take it too seriously. and the new technology and the new enhancement in life sometimes don't really help us because like for example in my case the menstrual cup didn't really give me an understanding whether my period was really bad or um, in terms of uh, you know the cycle and the volume so i couldn't really gauge that as a side effect but other than that i didn't have any fatigue or any other side effect i didn't have any problems, health-wise? I was doing absolutely fine. I wasn't sleeping well, and I thought that was immediately because I was working and I was traveling and all that. Um, I think the day before I went to my scan, I could not. I'm usually very active and a very um, what do I say? Uh, I'm a multitasker. I do a lot of things at home. I work. I go out to do my um, you know my regular chores um and stuff like that because on that particular day i couldn't even drive i was really weak to my knees and that's when i realized that my body was giving up on something and i went in for a checkup and then did the scan immediately but other than that i did not have any symptoms whatsoever except for that one episode on my period
0: okay so how did you mm, took that uh, first initial shock of your diagnosis <laughs> it's it's very nice that you're
1: asking me that question because a lot of people don't realize that um, you know it is a very emotional aspect so first time when I went I was very positive that you know nothing is going to happen to me I'm going to be fine being the only person who kind of runs the entire family in my home uh, but when they told you have tumors um, I was like, okay, tumours, you can do a surgery and get it out. It was like not even an emotional connect. I was like, yeah, I'm a good hand. I know the, because the the OBG that I was consulting, she was a fantastic person and she's more uh, somebody who could look out for me than just treating me as a patient. So I was like, yeah, fine, I'm a doctor, baby fan. she's going to take care of me. That was my attitude. But then she said, she this might be malignant. We need to check because it doesn't look really good in the scan. Uh, that is when it kind of started hitting me that okay it's gonna be something serious. I might have to just stop work and you know I might be away from my family for a long time. When that started thinking and I was not emotional, but then you know I was starting to get into the reality of oh it can be cancer. Since my family has not had any cancer um, history, I was very confident that I won't get it. You know what I mean? Yes. Because in general I've seen friends and you know relatives telling that you know relatives those that they've heard, somewhere in the family tree, somebody would have had it, only then they would have got it. But I, at least for the last two generations, I've not heard cancer in my family, I'm the first one. So for me, it didn't, I was like, no, I'm, it's, a, it's going to come negative, it's not going to be positive, that was my attitude. But when it came as positive, malignant, and they said, you have to meet the onco-surgeon, I met Dr. Nashwin K R. in Manipal, and I must say, um, Things worked well because I was in good hands from medical point of view, because the way he explained it to me, the way he ensured how I'm mentally preparing myself um, and the number of surgeons who were involved in my uh, surgery and so So the day one that I met my oncologist, it was the reality, you know, really hitting me hard. But even then, I was not emotional. The only time I cried was the night before my surgery because initially they were saying the surgery before be four hours, then it became 6 hours and eventually when the scan and all was done, they knew the spread and everything, um, a couple of my lymph nodes were impacted so they had to even operate the lymph nodes, so that is when they told it's 11 hour surgery, you're going to be in complete anesthesia and it is a major critical milestone from health point of view for you, that is when it started hitting me hard because um the day before the morning i walked into the hospital i had to leave my child behind at home and that that was the thing that shook me bad not because i'm not going to come back or i have cancer not that that you know how could i get it when i have such a young child that was the emotional calm, you know thing that kept itching me saying that I have to fight this, I have to fight this. And I always went with a fighting spirit. And I think I cried only that that one night. Um, I was writing my will, and I was telling my dad what to do, because my husband was at home with the kid. So I was telling my dad how to pass information to my spouse and in case I don't make it and all of that. But honestly speaking, I think I wasn't, um, I was well prepared by the doctors in terms of being somebody who's educated, being somebody who's had the exposure, Um, I think applying logically about what is next kind of helps me tackle the emotional side of it. Um, Most of the times, I've personally seen and counseled people after my personal cancer journey is people break down immunity, people cry, people think that's the end of life. But what I would want to tell people is look beyond it science has evolved so much five years ago if somebody had what I had probably that person thinking that he cannot survive would have been yeah he's talking logical sense he's he's making sense when he says that but today there's so much available in the medical industry and I think somewhere we need to keep ourselves abreast once we know we are going through that so I started reading a lot between my diagnosis and surgery I started reading a lot I started googling about it I started asking questions to my doctors. I have doctors in my family, so I started talking to them about it. <laughs> so I think I started just preparing myself emotionally. So it didn't really hit me hard from cancer point of view. Uh, yeah, I was like very determined. I said, you know, I, one thing I asked my medical oncologist was, what is my runway? You know, how long am I going to be alive? He said, five years. I said, okay, five years is a long time. I mean, nobody can predict what can happen when you're driving out the next day so i shouldn't be crying about five years lifespan right so i took it with a pinch of salt and i said yeah fine let's look at it Um, i think the most part of the pain was the side effects due to chemotherapy because mine was an aggressive one except for that i don't think so i ever had a threat about being a cancer patient and i've never shied about talking about it either i've been an open book talking in social media about my experience i've been talking to cancer patients that i've met uh to friends and relatives telling them you know it's not a difficult journey to go through yes it's an emotional one but it's not a difficult
0: one yes and it's important to talk about it many people hide it that they have cancer or they
1: yeah, don't share it's stigma. and it's yeah, wrong it's stigma.
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> it's a
1: stigma especially when it comes to breast cancer i think a lot of people not being open about their uh you know their situation one thing that I would want to definitely call out, because you guys are recording it and you're going to show it to so many other people, I think we need to um, uh, value ourselves as as a as a person and keep the best interest of ourselves to call out for help, to talk about it, so that you can get over it emotionally. I think one of the ways that helped me to emotionally scale up is I was very open-minded about it. I can send you pictures of my entire cancer journey where after the fourth chemotherapy, I had to shave my head and I asked my husband to shave my head because if I'm going to look beautiful, I want to look beautiful for him. And I said, okay, you do it so that you know how beautiful I look when I shave my head. (laughs) And uh, my scar, I have a scar right under my breast till um, till my genitals and it's a huge scar that I have and I think I wear it very proudly. Uh, I think... We need to come out of the shackles of what is a taboo. We think everything and anything is a taboo. Don't talk about t because it's not nice. We shouldn't talk in front of our brothers and dads. It's not nice. I grew up in a household Uh, with only girls but then I have a lot of cousins who are men and I don't think so I will try talking about a menstrual cycle in front of a guy because it's a normal process like all of us do. So in some of the health stigmas, when you can talk about HIV AIDS, why can't you talk about cancer? Yes. (laughs) And it's not even your fault, it's a genetic mutation, it is something somewhere happened in your genes so there is nothing wrong to say, yes, I have a cancer. I think I understand the emotional part of it. You know, one of the things that my mother said, why are you putting articles in uh, in the social media for relatives and friends? Um, people might not come and uh, you know, ask for your daughter's health. You know, I'm a South Indian girl, right? So they're like, oh, they will say that the daughter might inherit cancer. One thing that people need to understand is cancers of different types. And cancer is not going to absolutely pass in in the family tree. There are history, yes. It's a certain type of cancer. Does it go to uh, family members? Yes. But then you need to understand the science behind it. You need to understand the how it works from cancer point of view right so as soon as i had cancer i said you know let's go and do all that test to see if my siblings are going to get it or my daughter is going to get it and we did all of those tests we spent money in getting all those tests done so that the doctors confirmed yeah no it's not transferable or it's not something that the family does get but then heavily today why india is having so many cancer cases because there is something fundamentally wrong in the way we are eating the way we are living the lifestyle use of plastic, use of microwaves. I mean, yes, there's a point we can argue about, you know, olden days, there was not too much of diagnosis, so people never really knew about it, right? But today, yes, we have science, we're able to diagnose it, but then what are we doing to educate people about it? The stigma about not talking is the first education that we need to give people. Talk about it, create awareness about it. When I spoke about my journey, I can tell you so many people appreciated it and came back and said, Oh sri thank you so much for telling this, my father's going through this, my mother's going through this, my sister's going I've had people in the hospital who met me when my doctor said oh, meet my patients, Shree, she's also going through her cancer journey. But I looked up to me and he said, you don't look like a patient. I said, yeah, I know I don't look like a patient. I said, you know, I had my surgery in March, by May, I was normal. Yes, I had pain, I had certain side effects, but then uh, it wasn't like I'm going to die the next day. So when I spoke about it, that guy was completely taken back. And he said, thank you so much for sharing because we were contemplating if we should take my mother into surgery. His mother had breast cancer and he wasn't sure if she should go through surgery. I, as I said, the first step is for us to take the stigma away about talking about it. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to talk about the gory details of what you've gone through. What was your side effects? What was your journey? And what pain you went through, right?
0: So nice. That's that's me. Right. And uh, many people don't to talk about it and maybe this is the reason when any patient that de- get diagnosed with cancer, they have a lot of inner fingering that what uh, what wrong with did we did? So it's not uh-huh. their fault. Yeah. In fact, I am a cancer yeah, survivor too. Yeah, yes. you shouldn't do the
1: self loathing. I think there is nothing I've never asked that question to myself or my family saying, Why me? I was, I was like, okay, glad it's me and not you because I know my spouse is not as strong as me. (laughs) So uh, I I think building, one of the things that my oncologist said, two patients with the same cancer diagnosis, same treatment showed different levels of recovery. Why? It's about your mindset. It's about how mentally you're preparing yourself. Right. If if you are able to think that this is a phase and I will get over it. Yes, it's a pain, how I can attune my pain. Uh, yes, it's, it's an emotional aspect, but how am I addressing it? Um, one best way is to talk about it, share about it, get feedback about it, read about it. Um, And I think that the first two things of what I said in the last few seconds is what people don't do. They don't, they have a huge stigma about sharing. Uh, Why should I share my personal information with other people? It's not about personal information, it's about your journey. And it's a greater cause because people then definitely tend to understand what's happening, how it's happening, and how it is possible
0: for one person to beat and come out of it. Why can't other people do it, right? Yes. In fact, when I was diagnosed with cancer, uh, I told some of my friends that okay, it's cancer, and they said, okay, ham college me kisi ko I was like, why? I have not anyone. It's cancer. It's okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I I don't think such should be a stigma. I think it's it's just that one thing is for sure, people then, even educated people, they cancer. They try to talk behind my back because there was a time when I had my head shaved. I used to wear a bandana. I looked very pale. I looked very different from my normal self. Um, So people talked behind me and I could hear them. I said, yeah, I have cancer. No pity. But I'm at least fighting it out and I'm proving to you that I'm going to be normal as you, right? right? So people have perceptions and I think people... You know, forums like yours, we need to create that awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to go back and tell people how love heals cancer. I think my biggest support was the trust that I had about my surgeons and my medical oncologists. Even my nurses they were so sweet. Um, you know, my interactions with them, my chats with them. I used to go every second week for chemotherapy. And it was like one full day in the hospital and then two days at home where the chemo pump will keep going on and uh, my husband and my mom and my dad i never met my daughter throughout my chemo phase because my my physical appearance changed a lot um i had aggressive chemotherapy so my palms and my face and you know started darkening and um, I, of course i had my head shaved so physically i looked very different i couldn't hug my child because I was smelling chemo all the time i was very conscious about you know me not wanting to pass that to that you know the smell to her those are the emotional aspects that will touch you, and that is when family came, friends came. Two of my best friends lived in Pune and Chennai. They used to come and visit me every alternate month. They used to shower <laughs> me with gifts. Uh, my husband was constantly at my side, uh, holding my hand. Whatever I went through, he was constantly supporting me. I think those are the small things. Those are the beautiful things that we need to um, we need to count while we're going through that journey and talk about it, appreciate. How it has changed your life, right? And uh, it's it's okay to talk about the odds. When I said five years is my life cycle, that's okay. It's not bad. Um, my mom and dad are very emotional because for any parent, it's too difficult to take a child go through that, right? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah. But then, but then I think we should come. We should scale up about all of that, and we should pass on the knowledge to people so that people get benefit out of it.
0: Yes. Yeah. So any lifestyle changes you did during or after the treatment? I think during the
1: treatment, uh, most part of it, I could not eat properly because, you know, you know the side effects of chemotherapy, you feel nauseous and you don't feel great. And I had uh, peritoneal cancer, so I had side effects like fissures and I couldn't. Me going to the restroom every day was a painful event and I used to cry about it. I used to get very scared about going, you know, doing my morning chores. That was the phase which where I considered myself to go into liquid diet. Like I used to drink a lot of porridge and buttermilk, and I avoided solid foods. So some lifestyle changes, definitely. I mean, I've uh, of course stopped drinking. <laughs> I'm a couple person. I used to drink a lot of wine, uh, but now I've completely quit uh, even wine. I never used to have any other alcohol, but then you know even wine is a big no no now. Um, I've never smoked, so that wasn't a big deal for me. And I've always been a person who's not eat, uh, taken meat in my diet, so I used to concentrate only egg and fish. So for me, the change wasn't major when compared to some of the other people that I've met. Uh, but yes, one of the things that I'm struggling is um, I'm going through menopause as well now because of the surgery and me uh, Post uh chemotherapy one thing that i'm struggling with the lockdown is the physical exercise i need to do a lot of cardio maintain weight and all of that so that's the area i'm still improvising and I would still not give myself complete credit for doing it, uh, but yeah, I'm sure I'll get there. It's just, it's just a couple of. I'm, I'm, I'm into intermittent fasting now, which is helping me greatly. Right, um, drinking a lot of fluids in a day, like water, you know, uh, having a lot of protein based diet, like eggs and pulses and dry fruits. Um, you know, I never used to think so much about what I'm eating from the difference of different food items, but then now I've started paying attention to it. So yeah, those are the small changes. I think if everybody sticks to the basic good diet, yeah. And, uh, good self-care in terms of doing your cardio
0: for 20 minutes to 30 minutes, I think you're pretty much there. Right. Any alternative treatment you took? Like Ayurvedic, homeopathic, or Ricky Sessions? Any other treatment? Well, I did uh,
1: take, for my side effects, I did take homeo because my family is into homeo for a very long time. So we did, I did take some homeopathic medication, but those are very general. Like, you know, for fishers, I was taking homeopathic medication. My, ma- my majority of my treatment was, um, uh, you know, the English medication that I was going through with my oncologist and all of that. And they greatly helped me. And now, um, during oral chemotherapy, I'm doing maintenance through homeo. Um, and of course my diet pre- plays a big role, um, very conscious about it. Um, so I'm having a lot of, um, green, uh, tulsi based, uh, teas earlier. I used to drink just the green tea, but then now I don't use the green tea bag. I use the leaves, green leaves, and I make my own tulsi tea and all that. And I drink, um, so yeah, from some alternative medication point of view, it was just Omeo, and it wasn't like too much. It
0: was just for the fissures and skin eruptions and stuff like that. I used to take medication. Yeah okay so how you manage your emotional journey um as i said i think i didn't do it alone
1: um i had uh, you know my family with me my spouse with me most importantly um and uh, I, I think the belief that you can get over it is the biggest uh, emotional confidence that you can have looking forward to something i always kept telling my husband i need to get back to work i need to get back to work and during the time when i was in bed i couldn't move and all that during iv um, i kept listening to audio files i kept listening and, and uh, you will not believe me i started to work in October and June of this year i actually moved up i got promoted to a director and i joined a new firm and all of that um it feels great. See, it doesn't feel like I wasted six months because of medical reasons, right? I kept myself abreast with the industry and I, I, it wasn't really a, a stop. It was just a comma to my uh, you know, career journey. So from that point of view, I think the emotional quotient, it can be really difficult to manage at times when you're actually going through the pain because of the side effects. Uh, but I think what heads is that family who are holding your hand, sitting next to you, telling you it's all going to be fine and you're going to be mentally prepared that it's going to be fine looking forward to what is that you want to do in life i want to see my daughter grow and do a beautiful woman and i want to be when she's a teenager and talk to her about boys and love problems and you know, all the time <laughs> <laughs> So, so I was deadly prepared that I'm gonna be there, and I keep telling my husband that you know, probably I'll outlive you. You know, you're an elderly guy, touch should but then you know, probably I'll outlive you. You don't know. So we we crack jokes like that, and um, you know that really helps actually.
0: Right. So when we get diagnosed with cancer, our life would divide into two parts: life before cancer and after cancer. So, how is your life after cancer? Do you find any change or positive changes you find? Absolutely. I mean, the change
1: is big <laughs> from <laughs> person point, personality point of view. I think personally, I've never had so much of awareness about my own self. Um, I've not uh, prioritized some of the aspects in my life, uh, whether it's about sleeping on time, eating on time, or even you know working out. You know, Um, it's definitely changed um, for good, I would say. And I think the awareness and the retrospective that you do about, you know, why you didn't do something before cancer, you know, and why are you doing now? That retrospective actually gave me a lot of um, insights about, you know, how we generally tend to take our own self for granted, right? So from change point of view, post-cancer, definitely a lot of self-awareness, a lot of respect for myself and my emotions and uh, an unbiased thought process about, you know, what is priority and, you know, why you need to prioritize. We talk about it so much, but do we really do it in a meaningful way? No, I don't think so. Um, I I think that kind of came into a good light. And I, I'm always a positive person, but it has made me more positive about life. Um, I oversee smaller issues in life, like you know, the petty domestic fights and all these spouses. And uh, those things have always it's 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 all fun now. Even if we are talking about something serious, I think we 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 talk about it in a very funny way so that you know we kind of get things done and move on. Uh, so yeah, it, it's definitely changed a lot of things personally for me
0: and for my family. So yes, we can say that cancer leaves us teaching so many things, right? Yeah,
1: (laughs) and I think physically I've changed as well because, you know, I don't have my long black hair anymore. I have a a short boycott. And one of the major side effects is, you know, I have 80% green now. (laughs) So I look like a very sophisticated, some sort of CEO look that I have in my appearance. That was another big change it kind of mostly sometimes you tend to question yourself oh I'm just 38 and should I have so much of grey hair should I colour my hair and I'm like no I'm not going to think about how I need to look for other people do I look good for myself do I look good for the people I love uh, do I look good for what I do am I confident
0: with this look you know those kind of things so yeah right. I we admire better. we I feel- admire ourselves more after cancer right absolutely absolutely <laughs> so we have a lot of same things to discuss being survivor
1: yes i,
0: I think we should do some sort of a, a survivor you know meet
1: survivor talks like, that, like. You know? yeah all of us meet at one podium on a same platform or something and Talk about, you know, what we've gone through. I'm sure 80% of the things that both of us have gone through are the same. The 20% difference is only the way we have handled it, right? Right. Because we come from different cultural backgrounds, some different setups, some of us married, some of us unmarried. So when the decision came about my hysterectomy and my surgery, my oncologist and my OBG looked at me and said, you have one kid, you're okay to... Because my uterus was completely healthy. Okay. okay, so the decision was mine to let go of the uterus or not because my ov- ovaries were getting removed. So I said, I'm not going to have another kid. So you can yeah, feel free to take it out. If it's if it's nonsense, let- let's get rid of it. Because having something like uterus, because I in the beginning when I, when I came out of the surgery, I used to um, look at myself and think, you know, how much of a woman I am if I don't have uterus and ovaries. Um, and I was like, why are you asking this stupid question to yourself? You're as much as a woman as somebody who's got everything inside her. Yes. Now, functionality point of view, whether you're <laughs> able to give birth to a kid, no, you can't. But that's okay. I have, I, I'm a godmother to so many other kids, and I, I, and I, I adore and I respect my own child her folks. So I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. Silver lining, I don't get periods every month. I don't have to pay for tampons and tea cups anymore. Yes, right? We are more than no.
0: our reproductive organs, right? <laughs>
1: Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, it's all about the way you look. It's the perspective that you have. So yes. I
0: think that's something that I've
1: learned or enabled myself to learn through the recovery process.
0: Right. So any message you want to give to patients or caregivers?
1: Um. Yes, definitely one message. Uh, doesn't matter which background we are from. Middle class, lower middle class, upper class, whatever class it is, like somebody told me. Um, We do spend that money in the mall (laughs) every week to eat and waste. Spend 1,800 bucks to do your ultrasound and uh, mammogram every year. Not much to ask, but get it done. We live in a world where there's too much of pollution. There is a lot of adulteration, and you know we don't know where things are impacting us from the triangle. I think being prepared and uh, knowing what you need to do every year to diagnose, self-diagnose, uh, get yourself to the hospital, spend that 30 minutes, get your ultrasound and mammogrammy. It will definitely help you in the long run, uh, considering the people you love and uh, and and the people who love you, right? Um, and always, always think about putting yourself first, because if you're not there, there's no point in you doing things for other people that you love, so self love is very important, <laughs> right so, <laughs> yes, so yeah, that's the only message I have, and share your journey, share your journey with everybody, write
0: about it, talk about it, yeah, proud about being a survivor, I think that's very important, yes. So if you have yeah. to sum up your journey in one sentence, what would that be?
1: I would say Shri, a. Shri Devi is a very resilient um, cancer survivor because um, uh, resilience is, I think, sometimes understated. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what you need is resilience when you're going through the journey of such nature. Being positive. Um, yeah. Yeah, be positive, be resilient, be there, do good, do well.